Alright everybody, so we're back today. This is Wade and uh, we are going to dive into the world of Harry Potter a little bit. We're going to be peeling back some of the questions um, that people have out there, some of the uh, potential plot holes uh, in the Harry Potter mythos, and uh, providing some answers as well as not providing answers to some that don't have answers. Um, there are a lot of questions, obviously, if you just watch the movies, uh, like myself, but in doing some research, there are also plot holes and questions people have um, if they read the books as well. So uh, we're going to dive into that a little bit. Um, before we begin, I uh, just wanted to uh, make note, we'll probably have a lot of questions on the uh, cover art and things for the podcast. Uh, that animal on there is actually a two-year-old Dotson. Her name is um, Aurora. She is uh, my dog. She is actually wearing a uh, Batman sweatshirt. You can't see the logo because it's on the back, um, but she is oftentimes uh, sitting right here with me, um, you know, and you know, nudging me along and, and telling me what to say and what to do. She's a big inspiration for me um, out there. So uh, if you guys want to help support uh, the channel, um, you know, like, subscribe, um, whatever you need to do. We have uh, Facebook information um, to give comments and things like that below. Um, so yeah, feel free to, to reach out, give comments, subscribe. It's all going to help there. And uh, you know, maybe we can get some more treats and things for Aurora uh, with this podcast sometime, sometime down the road. But uh, that being said, let's, uh, let's hop into the uh, subject of today's episode. So we will talk about um, the world of Harry Potter and um, some of the uh, plot holes that are there. Uh-oh. So yes, uh, Harry Potter does have some plot holes, especially depending on the variant that you're, um, the medium that you are exposed to it. So um, first, uh, a lot of people have the question of, you know, why didn't the basilisk venom kill Harry's Horcrux? Okay, um, so a little bit of backstory, not too much. We'll just run through it real quick. Um, the basilisk venom um, is able to uh, destroy Horcruxes, um, and it comes from it comes from a basilisk, which is a giant snake. Uh, Harry fought with that snake in the second film um, of the franchise, second book of the franchise. And he used the Basilisk Venom to destroy a diary uh, of Tom Riddle, which uh, was the younger Voldemort. Um, he destroyed that uh, diary, which was a Horcrux, with the Basilisk Venom. Now, the tooth actually um, was, um, it actually did uh, puncture um, and go into Harry's arm um, and actually came out of the, the Basilisk's um, mouth, I believe. Um, so he pulled out the sword, pulled out his arm from the mouth of the basilisk, yeah. And, um, yeah, people keep asking, you know, why didn't it kill Harry's Horcrux? Because all it took was, you know, hitting the, the uh, dieta or hitting the, um, the diary with the basilisk venom to destroy it. And so there's actually a good, a good explanation for this. Um, so objects that are um, imbued with uh, the abilities of a Horcrux... Um, are actually not able to be destroyed unless the object itself is damaged beyond repair. Okay, so um, in light of that, think about it, a person can heal. Okay, so if a person gets damaged, a person gets hit or whatever, they can heal. Okay, especially uh, with the healing powers of Fox the Phoenix, which healed Harry's wound. Um, so Harry did not die. He did not, um, you know, become 
maimed, uh, I guess, in any way there. Um, and, you know, he repaired himself. He healed um, like humans do. So it's probably harder to kill a living Horcrux than it is a um, non-living Horcrux for that reason. So that's the, the answer to that question. Second uh, one I have here is um, why was the ring destroyed? Why was the Horcrux that was on... Um, the Marvelo's uh, ring that Gandalf, or not Gandalf, sorry, Dumbledore, um, mix those two up all the time, uh, Dumbledore um, destroyed the Horcrux on that ring. And how was that possible? Uh, because the ring looked fully intact. Well, the ring was not fully intact. Um, the ring was cracked. And you may not be able to see it unless you look closely in the movie. Um, the ring was cracked. And yes, the ring had the resurrection stone in it. So the stone itself was cracked. Okay. Now the reason that this was irreparable is because the stone is made from the uh, character Death. Okay. Death is, you know, somewhat of an all-powerful being, right? So um, death created this stone um, with his magic, and it can't really be um, redone. You know, it's something that he did. So it's not like anyone in the real world can recreate this or, or repair it. So that is why that that was um, that's why that was actually destroyed uh, by Dumbledore um, because it couldn't be repaired because it was created by death himself. Okay. So next, the next one is. And this, this one kind of puzzled me. You know, why the Veritas uh, Serum, why the Veritas Serum uh, wasn't used by the Ministry for interrogation. And so, for those of you who don't know, the Veritas Serum is a serum that um, a witch or wizard uh, will take, and I'm sure humans as well, and um, causes them to tell the truth. Okay, so we see this, um, we hear about this in the movies, um, and hear about it in the books, um, especially when Cho was... Um, taken by um i can't think of the woman's name the woman who wears pink the crazy lady who wears pink um so anyway um pink lady uh uses it on chow to get her to confess everything um and they didn't realize that till later and the lady in pink asked snape you know where's more veritas serum and he said you used up all my reserves on chow um so that is the only time we really hear about that but why is it that the uh, ministry did not use that for interrogation Actually, the answer, I believe, is found in the books, um, but the, the answer is out there that um, certain witches and wizards can actually resist the Veritas Serum with, you know, specific charms or spells um, that they can put on themselves. So they actually, it actually can be resisted. So you can't just take it for, you know, exactly what, what comes out of people's mouth because, again, it can be um, ineffective. So that's the reason for that. Um, answer a lot of my questions that I had because a lot of these things could have been clearly overlooked and, uh, you know, not have been such a big problem in the story if uh, these things have been taken care of um, with a Veritas serum. So uh, moving on, how was Snape actually protecting the stone? Okay, so again, those of you who don't know, uh, in the first book, the uh, Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone, whichever rendition you want to call it. I'm going to call it Sorcerer's Stone because uh, it's less syllables and it saves me some breath. So, um, in the Sorcerer's Stone, um, Hogwarts um, has the Sorcerer's Stone in a chamber that um, is protected. And it is mentioned that Snape is one of the teachers 
protecting the stone, okay? And, you know, Harry and Ron and Hermione obviously thought that he wasn't, that he was trying to get to it. Um, But in the movies, nothing else is explained of that. Nothing is there to tell you and explain to you how, in fact, he's protecting the stone, okay? Yes, it was shown that he cut his leg trying to get to the stone to cut off um, Quirrell, but that's that was really just being retroactive to what was going on. That wasn't him actively, um, you know, protecting the stone ahead of time. And so why wouldn't Snape ask other people to help him as well? Um, so that, that in there in, implies some questions. But the answer to this actually was in the book. Um, and I am so happy that I learned about this because it, it's, it's really awesome to me. And I probably should read at least this section of the book because it probably won't be longer than a Bernstein Bears book if I just read this section of it. So that's what I'll probably do. But um, he created a potions puzzle. Okay, so say that five times fast. Potions puzzle. Um, On entering his room um, in the weight of the stone, um, flames leap up um, ahead and behind them. So it traps them in the room. And uh, the seeker is confronted by a line of potions, bottles, and a riddle about the contents. Okay. So the seeker, which is, you know, the person trying to get to the the stone, uh, must solve the riddle to continue, okay, or risk consuming poison. Um, So what what I take from that, and again, I need to read it, um, is they are basically making a a potion, I believe, um, and if they make it the wrong way, you're going to be poisoned. So you have to answer the riddle correctly by figuring out how to make the right potion. If you drink it after you've done it correctly, you're not going to die. Um... In the book, Hermione solves this. Um, Hermione solves this one, working through the puzzle. puzzle. Um, you know, obviously, like she is, she's so um, witty and, and smart, she uh, figures it out. And uh, it's probably a really good moment for her outside of just um, the vines that they got stuck in as well. So um, that was actually answered there, um, and I really appreciated it. I wish they kind of would include it in the movie. I think it would have been really, really cool um, scene and another way of defense for the stone, which I think, um, would have made it even more impactful that they were protecting it that much. So, yeah. Okay. And now moving on, we are going to, uh, get into some of the ones that are not answered. Okay. And so these, these, uh, things from to my knowledge have not been answered. Um, some of them are kind of rhetorical. Um, you know, they don't really need an answer, but Hey, I I think it's a really good question. So, um, we'll get into some of these. If there is a clear answer that has been confirmed out there, um, feel free to reach out. Let me know. Um, like I said, leave comments, like subscribe, um, you know, our Facebook page and thing is down below. Um, and you can reach out to us there. And also there's an email as well for the page. So, um, why didn't Fred and George ever see Peter Pettigrew, uh, sleeping with Ron, um, before, um, they gave the map to Harry, the Mara- uh, Marauder's map. Well, this one completely puzzles me because, uh, Fred and George are very mischievous. Uh, they love playing pranks on their family. They love playing pranks on their family, especially in the book. It talks about that a little bit more. Um, so it definitely would have happened within the first year or two of Ron being at school that, um, George and, um, and Fred would have definitely looked at the map while he was sleeping, played a prank on him, whatever, and they would have been like, who's this Peter Pettigrew sleeping in the same in the same bed or the same room with him or whatever? Um, 
because I, you know, I think it's talked about in the books a little more than what it is in the movies. It's shown, um, but you know, Ron, you know, sleeping with um, his rat and things like that. So I think they definitely would have noticed it and asked some questions, you know, and I think it would have been uncovered a little bit before that. So this is definitely something I think they missed. I think that um, J.K. Rowling kind of missed a little bit here on what they would have done. I think they definitely would have noticed this and asked some questions. Um, so it's interesting that they never saw Pettigrew um, before then. I think it was just something that she completely, you know, overshot, didn't see it, didn't uh, realize that it was a problem, um, which happens quite a bit. It's so hard to write something without any mistakes. Um, so yeah, I think that's a mistake there. Um, next is the, um, Thestials. Okay. So the Thestials, um, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> those are, um, basically, uh, undead, dead horses in a sense. Like they're these like dark horses with, you know, um, uh, dragon-ish like wings that have like holes and stuff in them like they're skeletal it's, it, it, they're gross they're weird okay whatever so these creatures um, actually pull the carriages uh, to and from the school um, when the students arrive you know via whether it's um, uh, well sometimes they take the boats but um, I think you know they take the carriages to and from the train station and things like that so the question here is Harry, like you can see these creatures because you have seen death. Okay, you have seen death, and so yes, of course, Harry have has seen death. Um, because he watched Cedric, uh, Diggory die, and that was the explanation as to why he could see them in the fifth movie. However, Harry saw death. There's two. There's two things I have a problem with here. He saw death when he was a baby. Because he saw his mom die right in front of him. So shouldn't he have been able to see these things sometime in the first, second, or third year, or even the fourth? I really think he should have been able to see them before um, Cedric died in front of him. So whatever, maybe he wasn't conscious enough to comprehend death. Maybe it wasn't scarring enough for him. I don't know. That could be an explanation. However, it then goes to why in the heck was it that it took that long and it was that time that he saw them because at the end of the fourth movie um you know the end of the fourth year he's got to go home okay so he's got to go home at some point so if he's going home then you know think about it the um like he's got to take the carriages to get back to hogsmeade to get on the train to go home wouldn't he have seen the thestials then i don't think he took the boats so he would have seen the thestials on his way home at the end of the fourth year slash fourth book so the beginning of the fifth is not when he would have seen those for the first time so that's something to me that that definitely was missed there and again correct me if i'm wrong on these things but i can't see why that would make sense um okay next is um in the books this is something that's not really portrayed in the movies but in the books okay Ron and Hermione and Harry are running out of food. They're running low on food all the time when they are running from Snatchers, okay? I, this makes absolutely zero sense to me. Um, you know, it, it was expressed in the, in the books. Yeah, they did kind of talk about... I, I think they talked about how, in the books, from my research, um, I think they've talked about how, you know, Food can't be created or whatever with magic. Okay, fine. You can't create it. But the school 
had all of that food created when they came there. Okay, maybe it was a trans transportation spell or whatever. I don't care what it was. But there are specific times that they talk about how you can expand food, you can increase it, you can multiply it. Like as long as it's there, you can do those things with it. So why in the heck is it that Ron, Harry, and Hermione, especially Hermione, who's one of the brightest witches of her age, um, why is it that they cannot increase their food over and over and over to an abundance? I don't, I don't get that. It doesn't make any sense to me um, why they were running low on food and things like that as they were running from the Snatchers. That should not have happened um, with magic. They could easily have fixed it from spells that they have seen already. And if they have seen it, Hermione probably knows how to do it. Um, so that's one to me that, that popped up. Okay, so moving on. How did Bellatrix and Sirius get their original wands back after being in Azkaban? Okay, and I don't understand... This one, because, you know, apparently, you know, the wand chooses the wizard. You get a wand that's assigned to you, okay? And so this wand is assigned to you, and, you know, it, it's, it's yours, right? It is your unique wand, and they look, each wand is unique to itself and things like They talk about these things. So why is it that Bellatrix, after being locked up, gets her wand back, her original wand? Why is it that Sirius, being locked up, gets his original wand back? Don't you think they'd have it somewhere in Azkaban that they wouldn't be able to get to their wands and if you watch the movie okay I don't know how the book described Bellatrix getting out there's a big giant hole bashed in Azkaban prison okay and she left now I maybe the easy answer is that they both went down to the wand room and recovered their wands maybe that's the simple and easy answer and and that could definitely be it but um I don't think that's the case. I don't think it makes sense um, for that to have happened. I think there should have been some details shown there as to how they got their original wands back. Okay. Next is this one. This one's just funny to me. Um, and it shows how much um, shows how much Hogwarts actually hates Slytherin. So uh, the troll um, when when um, Quirrell comes running through the Great Hall and talks about how the troll's in the dungeon, okay? What is the first thing that uh, Dumbledore says whenever he yells out and says silence? He says, everyone will go back to their dormitories, students will go back to the dormitories, and um, teachers will accompany me to the dungeon. Okay, that's great, but... Um, and it may not have been shown really that much in the movies, but I definitely know based on the architecture and based on how it looks, Slytherin's dorms are in the dungeon. So you just told Slytherin to go to where the trolls are? How does that make any sense? You are sending them to their death. Wouldn't that be like a car crash? Wouldn't you be able to see that there's something wrong there and they're going to end up running into this troll? <laughs> I think that uh, that that really shows how much uh, nobody really likes Slytherin. Hey guys, uh, there's a troll standing outside your dorms. Um, we need you to go back to your dorms. <laughs> so uh, that's one that I, I think a lot of people didn't pick up on, but that that's a funny one um, for sure. Um, next is uh, why didn't Voldemort make Death Eaters uh, make the Unbreakable Vow? You know, like the Unbreakable Vow was horribly unused, horribly unused. Okay. This thing should have been used a lot. And um, 
I think that it's really weird to me that Voldemort didn't ask his Death Eaters to make the unbreakable vow that they would be loyal to him. Because that would have saved him a lot of problems. And it would have kept Snape from going to the other side. It would have made every one of them stay loyal and continue to seek him and, you know, continue to revive him after he perished and all those things. Like, it's just really ridiculous to me that he never tried to do that, okay? Maybe he's that pompous and thought he didn't need to. You know, maybe that was a way of showing how amazing he was, was, oh, well, I can control these people without that, but still didn't make sense. He should have covered his butt there. It would have been super easy. So, um, okay, moving on to the next one. Um, let me paint the picture here. Um, paintings are supposed to not be, like, full artificial intelligence. They're not supposed to be um, living beings within these paintings. They are supposed to be um, uh, spirit-like um, of these uh, people that were formerly there that are now, you know, in, uh, encompassed into this uh, portrait. Um, they're not supposed to have feelings. They're not supposed to be able to manifest feelings. They're supposed to be able to have the general characteristics and feelings of the person that they had before, but they're not supposed to be able to have like full living things. So they're supposed to kind of repeat what they do, kind of have you know some personality to a bit, but they're really limited. Okay, um, and this is never consistent. You know, they're not supposed to be on the level of ghosts. It's specifically said in the books they're not supposed to be on the level of ghosts. Um, but this is never consistent throughout the movies and the books because these portraits are used to engage in conversations um you know the the fat lady is running from her portrait and hiding in fear i don't think that was a part of her portrait before so why is that happening now so like there's definitely inconsistencies in the portraits um and how much they're actually capable of doing so um small detail but moving on where did Hermione get the ingredients for polyjuice? Because if you think about it, um, Snape noticed right away when Barty Crouch Jr. had taken some of his lacewing flies and things like that from his potions cabinet. So he was definitely tracking his ingredients and his stock, okay? Why did he not realize it when Hermione and them took it um, in the second movie, in the second year? Why did he not realize that? Why was he not all over them then? Okay, that definitely would have been found out by him. Um, I, I don't understand it. Maybe because it happened before, he caught on to it. Um, maybe he found out they made Polyjuice Potion before, and then he was like, oh, I need to check my stuff more. I need to put more security on it. And maybe that's what it was. Okay, but um, that wasn't explained, and it should have been explained, and that's frustrating. Um, okay, so... Um, Moving on, uh, we got to get through this. Uh, why did anyone enjoy the Wizard Triwizard Tournament? Why did anybody enjoy going to the Triwizard Tournament? I mean, heck, it's like, okay, and golf fans, get on to me for this if you want, but it's like watching golf. There is no action. You're sitting there, and you're sitting there, and sitting there, and sitting there for nothing, waiting on some miraculous play to happen, or something really cool to happen, or somebody get a hole-in-one maybe, okay? Like, it is boring, all right? That's what the Triwizard Tournament is, okay? Yeah, okay, cool. Don't get me wrong. The dragon thing was awesome, okay? The dragon thing was pretty epic, okay? I would have paid good money for that to go and watch that that dragon um, and everybody trying to get the, the egg from the dragon. But um, everything else? Okay, guys, let's go watch the, the second challenge. Um, yeah, we're going to stand on these podiums while they all go underwater and we don't see anything. Okay, that's stupid. Okay. All right, guys. Well, well for the final one, um, they're going to go in this hedge maze and run around and try and find uh, this cup. And uh, we're all going to sit in the stands and not watch. That's stupid. So, 
I don't understand why anyone enjoyed the Triwizard Tournament. I mean, I know why the competitors would, um, but I don't know why there were fans. I don't know why the kids were excited. I don't know why they wanted to host it. Like, it just didn't make any sense to me. Um, maybe the maybe the Yule Ball. Maybe people wanted to have the Yule Ball so they could, you know, have some have a prom type of thing. Uh, but that's really the only reason I would see that at school and the, the kids there would want to host it. Um, okay, so next is um, there's only three unforgivable curses. Why are there only three unforgivable curses? There are tons of horrible spells out there. Don't you think you can add a little bit to the list here? It's not like there's a cap on it. You can definitely make some more of those. Like the Obliviate curse, um, you know, taking people's memory away. That's a pretty dangerous one, okay? And then, you know, obviously, you know, Hermione was able to use uh, the curses and things to alter their memories like she did her parents, too. So, like, those are things that are pretty, pretty dangerous. I don't understand why people allow those things to happen, too. So, I think you need to expand the unforgivable curses because um, people can still do a lot of danger without breaking the law in the wizarding world. Not really good. Um, Okay, last one. We'll wrap this up. Um, Why did Hermione lie about the troll Um, in the um, first movie? Um, they go to the bathroom and they try and save Hermione from a troll that's attacking her in the girl's bathroom. Okay, so Hermione went in the girl's bathroom because she was made fun of and she was crying and she felt awful. Okay, so she's probably feeling a little sick and things are being made fun of too. Okay, whatever. But she goes to the bathroom and uh, she's being made fun of and she's crying and all this. And Ron and Hermione go to the girl's lavatory, um, which is bathroom, uh, girl's uh, lavatory, to save her from the troll. Hermione was supposed to be in the bathroom. It's a girl's bathroom. It's fine for her to be in there, okay? And Ron and, and Harry running in to save her is not a bad thing. It was all create, uh, courageous. It was all something that they were all doing for fine reasons, good reasons. They weren't breaking school rules. So why in the heck did she lie and make it seem like she was an idiot and went after the troll? I don't understand doesn't make any sense. Hermione is a lot smarter than that, but that was a, a dim-witted um, a dim-witted experience for Hermione there. But uh, yeah, that one kind of puzzles me too. But yeah, I know this one went a little bit longer, guys, um, but there was just a lot of info. I love Harry Potter. I love getting into it. And uh, I think a lot of these were, were really uh, unique, cool opportunities to talk about. So um, what are other plot holes and things like that that you guys have found? You know, what are other things that you don't have answers to? You know, maybe I can find an answer for you. Maybe I can't. You know, let me know. Maybe I'll ask it and answer it on a, another uh, episode coming up. But uh, feel free to ask. Feel free to, again, like, subscribe, uh, follow the channel. Um, you know, our, our info is below for Facebook and email and everything like that. Um, but, yeah, what do you guys think? What are other holes that you guys have? And if you have any answers to any of these that I said were unanswered, Feel free to let me know too so I can educate myself. But I'll let you guys get back to your day. All right. So from me and Aurora, uh, you guys have a great one.